and welcome to this week's episode from the Veg Grower Podcast. My name is Richard and I am trying to grow my fruit, vegetables and herbs in my allotment and garden. Today is Saturday the 5th of March 2022 and you join me in my back garden. Spring is here, it's safe to say spring is here. We have now got to start cracking on and getting our garden ready for the growing season. I'm very, very excited to get on with it. So today I've came out to the garden. First thing I did was hoe off all my beds where I have no plants growing. That's quite easy because one bed is completely empty. Another bed has some Swiss chard and mustard growing in it. So I've hoed around those. I'm leaving those to grow because we can still eat and harvest those. And I'm also left in the mustard go to seed a little because I want to harvest some mustard seed in order to make some mustard powder from it. And in the third bed, I harvested all the parsnips that I had left in there. I had quite a few parsnips, got to say. They had started to regrow, so I certainly think it was time for those to come out. Now, another thing that I have been doing today is I've harvested, if that's the right word for it, some compost from my wormeries and my subpod. Now, the wormery is self-explanatory. I've just emptied the bottom tray of compost, which then that bottom tray gets moved to the top. We'll start filling that back up with some of our kitchen waste in order to make more compost, which that's great. Now, the subpod, I've had this subpod for a year now. Now, this is an under ground composting system I guess is a way to to describe it it's quite a good little system I'm really really pleased with it I actually do want to get more but I've not actually had to harvest any compost from it we add kitchen waste into it and it seems just to be never-ending it just seems to constantly keep eating more and more of our kitchen waste which is great but uh, I emptied one of the sections out. We've got two sections in it. I emptied one of the sections out, poured that onto one of the beds, and that's going to be used to help us grow more food later on this year. Quite a busy and productive day. Now, the other day when I was in a garden centre, I happened to buy a patio plum tree. Now, this got me thinking about growing more fruit trees in pots to create a mini orchard. Well, the addition of this plum tree in my garden is a very welcome addition. And it's kind of inspired me to start creating a patio or mini orchard. Basically, a group of fruit trees that live in pots that can live on my patio area, but also produce fruit for us to eat. Now, I already have a peach tree, which is currently in my greenhouse. I've had that for a number of years and it does very very well and in the future we can look at adding more and more trees to this patio area in order to create this mini orchard but what we've got to find when it comes to selecting the trees is the trees that are grafted onto the suitable rootstock now the rootstock is there to dictate how big a tree gets the people who create these trees they basically graft the top of the fruiting tree onto the rootstock of another tree in order to keep the trees to one size or dictate how big this tree gets for example my peach tree and my plum tree are both on a rootstock called terennial and this means they should in theory get to about 1.8 meters tall But my peach tree, it's been in this pot for five years. It's still under one metre tall. So that 
rootstock is really helping to keep that peach tree from getting too big and this means that I can easily move it in and out of my greenhouse in order to protect it better. Now if we were looking at apple trees we would want something on the rootstock of M27 which is an extremely dwarfing rootstock for apples. That basically means it'll be fine in a pot or used as stepovers or something like that. If we were looking at pears Quince C would be the ideal rootstock to grow our pear trees in a pot. There's a whole lot of information if you are looking to buy dwarfing rootstocks or you go and ask your garden centre when it comes to buying them. Now what I've got to do with this plum tree is to pot it into a slightly larger pot. The pot I've brought it in is only about 30 centimetres across so it's quite small and it's soon going to outgrow it. As trees when they are in the garden centre they do tend to sell them in the small pots as possible. So I'm going to look at doubling the size of this pot just to start it off. Something like a 60 centimetre pot which will be filled up with fresh multi-purpose compost in order to give it a good start. Once it's in that pot I will give it a good watering, a good five litres of water at least to water it in and then I'll apply a mulch around the top and then all I've got to do is leave it to grow and perhaps feed it every now and then. What I will have to do in its first year of this tree is remove any flowers. At this stage, we don't want it to try and produce fruit. We want it to establish itself. So by removing the flowers, it's going to put all its energy into growing those roots. After a year, then that's fine. So next year we can let it produce some fruit for us and start reaping the benefits of it. After that, and this is what we have to do with the peach tree now, in order to maintain its size, it needs regular pruning. So we cut it back at the right times of the year, depending on what the tree is and what we need to do. Now, what I also like to do with some of my trees in pots is just once a year, just scratch off the top surface of the compost, about an inch, shall we say, or two and a half centimetres, and then apply fresh compost to that. Sometimes also a bit of a feed mixed in as well goes a long way. And this just helps keep the tree fed and keeps it maintained with fresh compost. Now, the peach tree, well, I think I'm going to have to do this year as well and probably wait until the end of the year when it goes dormant is actually take it out of its pot and start pruning away some of the roots basically just reduce some of the roots down if a tree is in a pot it's obviously going to get pot bound at some point so just by pruning off the roots every now and then it helps the tree just sort of cope with being in a pot because it's not a very natural environment for any tree is it so there we go a very very rough guide on starting a mini or patio orchard i think it's a great idea if you are struggling with space and you do want to grow more fruit this might be the way to go and i do believe and i've seen them in the past you can actually buy kits of mini orchard trees from various garden centers or online suppliers just search for that online and see what they can come up with and that might be a cheaper way to go about it Right, back to the gardening. It is Sunday the 6th of March 2022 today and I'm down on the allotment. Now I've been getting reports from a Facebook group that's been set up for our allotment sites. 
and they've reported that kids have been seen causing damage on our allotment site. And they've caused a lot of damage, I can say that. There's a lot of sheds that have been broken into, a lot of greenhouses smashed. When I came down here this morning, I was... <laughs> I wasn't sure what I was going to find, but I have suffered a bit of vandalism. Now, I've got to admit, it's not too bad. They've broken a few panes of glass. That, that, that's the annoying thing. They've thrown a lot of pieces out and about everywhere, which is, uh, I've tidied up a little bit. But worst of all, the small shed, they have broken the lock on that trying to get in. So it's very, very frustrating, the damage that they have caused. But it is part of allotment life. Now, I'm going to be talking about allotment security in just a moment. But what I have done today, as I was coming into the allotment, I saw my mum and brother who were coming down to give me a hand with something at home. And they followed me in. And they helped me shift eight bags of compost, which I've placed into one of my beds after first throwing down some cardboard. Into that bed, I've then sewn out some onions. There's three varieties of onions, Steron, Radar, and Turbo. Now, these three are in the bed now. Hopefully, they're going to grow quite nicely and provide us with some good onions later on. These are spring-sown onions, which I've experimented with a lot more lately and getting better results, so I'm sticking with them. And these are onion sets, immature onion bulbs. Nothing difficult about planting these, in all honesty. Just make sure the bed's well prepared. And then dip a hole and drop each set in, making sure the root end is facing down. It's easy to see the root end because you've got a pointy bit on the top and the rooty bit, the rounded bit, on the bottom. And it's as easy as that to plant onion sets. Uh, all I've got to do now is make sure they're well watered and with the odd bit of feed, we should get some decent onions. Now, I've done the same with some Picardy white garlic that I was given by Thompson & Morgan. They've gone into the bed as well. Hopefully, they're going to grow and produce some good garlic. Again, these are spring-sown garlic, so I'm pretty happy with what we've got here. Now, wandering around the allotment, we've got quite a few things that are certainly showing signs of life. The shallots, they are doing really well, actually. They're looking good. Only planted those a few weeks ago, but they've sprung into life and are growing off quite nicely. The autumn sown garlic that looks to be doing quite well as is the autumn sown onions and these two the onions and the garlic have been mulched with strolch now this strolch is a bit of an experiment but it seems to have lasted so far with the strong winds i probably need to reapply it looking at it and a few weeds have grown through the garlic bed which was quite a weedy bed anyway so I'm pretty happy with how this stroke seems to be working offhand. We'll see what happens on as we carry on throughout the future. On the top half of a plot, there's not much going on up here. I've got to spend a day up here one day this week, sorting it all out and tidying it up. And getting three new beds built ready for the potato planting time, which is just around the corner. Now, as I said earlier, allotment security is a problem that happens all the time. It's, it's, it's part of allotment life. But with that in mind, I've prepared a few things that I've used to help me deal with allotment security and how I, I look at allotment security. Now, while breakings are never a nice or pleasant thing to do, I always say they are part of allotment life. An allotment is an incredibly easy target for thieves or just vandals, particularly kids who perhaps are a little bit bored. 
It is one of the downsides of having an allotment. The security is not great. The chances are thieves are going to find some items that they can easily sell. And what with my allotment getting vandalised over the weekend, it reminds me that every now and then it's good to think about our security that we have on an allotment and what we can do to make our allotments a bit more secure. Now, the first thing that I always say, and I always feel this is the biggest tip, is that on my allotment, I only have stuff that I can afford to lose or stuff that tools that haven't cost a lot of money. Uh, you know, you get the idea. Basically, if someone steals my spade from my allotment, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. It's just a cheap spade. If I have a decent spade, it'll come home with me. That way, if it does get stolen, it's easy to replace and it doesn't, no sentimental value to it. That being said, as you know, I have Grandad's greenhouse on my allotment that does have a high sentimental value and it's something that does worry me. But it's the only place that I could really have that greenhouse. So it had to go there. It's pretty solid. I don't think anybody is likely to steal the whole greenhouse. Chances are they will trash the glass, which the glass has been trashed by storms in the past anyway, so it's easy to be replaced. Now, the next thing that we could do is, and there's a bit of debate about this, so I always lock my shed doors. Reason being that I kind of feel that if there's a lock on it, it's less likely that anybody is going to break in. And when I look at the damage that these kids did to my shed door over the weekend, they they took down a crowbar from what I understand, and they tried breaking off the shed padlock, which they did do. But because I have a sliding door, they couldn't get in still. They were pushing on it to try and get in, and that has damaged the door, which is very, very annoying but I've not lost anything. So it worked in that regard. But the other side of this argument is that perhaps it's best not to lock your shed door. That way, if anybody does want to find something they can sell, they can simply open the door and not cause any damage. And that's one way to look at it. I personally prefer to lock all my shed doors, but there is an argument to be said for not locking the shed doors. Now, the other thing we could do is hide our tools somewhere else and not keep them in a shed. I've heard of people burying their tools underneath some of their beds or in their compost bins. That's not a bad idea if it is possible to do that. It does sound like a bit of hard work, but it is a good idea. We could also paint our tools in an incredibly bright colour to make them less easy to sell, such as bright pink. I, I like this idea, but I I feel that any would-be thief probably may not be put off by it, but it is certainly a good idea. One of the things that I do have, and I don't pull it down the allotment that much, is a wildlife camera. Now that starts filming whenever it detects movement and I usually use it just to see if there's any wildlife coming into my garden it's a great addition you can buy them quite cheaply from Amazon but if you are having a problem with thieves this might be something to think about attach it to a tree and hopefully nobody is going to see it put it somewhere where they're unlikely to see it and anybody that does break in will then be caught on this camera 
I also recommend going down to the allotment as much as you can. The chances are you're not going to get broken into when people are down there. It's probably going to be overnight when the area is vacated. But the more often you check on it, if anybody is checking out the place beforehand, they're going to be pot off. The other side of this, of course, with the kids that have done the damage down the allotment this weekend, they were seen by people who were visiting the allotment and people knew who they were. I'll come to that in just a moment, actually. A great tool that I used over this weekend was a Facebook group set up for our allotment sites. Now, I didn't know about this until quite recently when I discovered the Facebook group and I joined straight away. But over the weekend people were saying oh this damage has been done this damage has been done and I've seen these kids doing this and that so it, it alerted a lot of other people to the fact that there could be damage going on down here allotment in fact many people then went down to check their allotments and report back on the damage that they had suffered so a Facebook group or a WhatsApp group or some sort of group set up that everybody can chat about this sort of thing for your allotment site is a great idea and then there's the overall site security so making sure gates are locked all the time and fences are in good order that I think should be any the thing we do anyway on an allotment site but it does involve everyone playing their bit now that's just a few ideas I've got for how we can make our allotments a bit more secure. At the end of the day, allotments are always going to be an easy target. So where do we draw the line? That's what I also say. Now, just want to share a bit of an update about the damage that we suffered on our allotment site over the weekend. The Facebook group, and we've had an email come in from our local council as well. What we've been told is anybody who has got some damage or anything that these kids have broken and damaged, some horrific stories out there, I got away quite lightly considering. We are to report it all to the police under the crime reference number so that they can build up a large amount of information on this. But the kids that caused the damage have been caught. Somebody saw them down there and knew who they were. They've told their parents. They've told the police. Now, this is where something has been pulled into place to start getting these kids uh, punished. Now, they are only 14. They are under 18 years old. So we cannot name and shame them like I'm sure many people would be calling for. But what I'm understanding they're going to have to do is for the foreseeable future spend every weekend down on the allotment helping to repair the damage that they have caused. I believe there will be prosecution or the police are involved as well so it's going a lot further than just that but I do like the fact that these kids are going to have to come down to the allotment and face the people that they have damaged and uh, face up to their consequences of their action i think it's a good idea for punishment for these children because they ain't gonna like it they are not gonna like it one bit are they so on that note i just want to share you know if you are thinking of getting an allotment don't be put off by the fact that break-ins are a commonplace they are a lot of fun just got to think about security a little bit right let's get back to the gardening 
Well, you join me back in the podding shed today. It is the 7th of March 2022. And what I'm doing in here at the moment is just sowing a few seeds. I've written a list last week of seeds that I want to sow. What I've done, I've brought myself a whiteboard to hang up in this shed that I can just write lists of tasks I want to tackle, seeds I want to sow each week, and rub them off as I've completed them. So on the list this week, I had written tomato cucumbers brussels sprouts leeks and spinach and i've sown all five of those hopefully by this time next week many of these will have germinated and be off to a good start these will go inside in my heated propagators under grow lights where they should get off to a good start and soon need pricking out talking of pricking out i've got a few seedlings that are in desperate need of pricking out quite soon so that's something I'm certainly going to have to tackle over this next week. Other things I've written on this list have all been tackled, actually. There's a couple of things looking at it. I didn't mow the lawn and I didn't get to sow the peas and onions in bed two at home. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to rub all the jobs off that I have tackled on this whiteboard and move those up to the top so that they are a priority for this next week. This is just my way of being a little bit more... Um, uh organized or trying to catch on with what we can do a bit better i'm a bit of a sucker for to-do lists to be honest well that is it for this week and that is what i've been up to over this last week please do let me know what you have been up to in your own allotments and gardens as well hope you've enjoyed this podcast if you have then perhaps you will consider becoming a member of my supporters club my members each month get a collection of seeds sent straight to their door that can be sown in that very month as well as a newsletter and extra behind the scenes podcasts for more details on that, head to the veggrowerpodcast.co.uk. At the veggrowerpodcast.co.uk, you can also find some merchandise, including T-shirts and mugs, if that's of interest to you. Or you can leave us a voicemail or a comment, and that's all at the veggrowerpodcast.co.uk. Alternatively, if you want to get in touch, you can email me, richard at the or you can find me on social media, just search for the Veg Grower Podcast. Now, finally, one favour I would really like to ask you if you could leave us a review on your podcast app. That really does help in a big, big way. And I would really appreciate it if anybody does do that. Right, we will be back again next time. So until then, please take care. (laughs)